Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Simply Amazing. Uh, Tim Ryder. Uh, you know, it's the first week of the offseason. We don't have a ton to discuss, but Jacob Resnick from Metzmerized is back, and we're going to do our best to at least keep everybody abreast of what's happening as we uh, head into what's sure to be a pretty exciting offseason. Jacob, what's happening, my man? Not much. Uh, great to be back on the show. It, it feels uh, it feels like about two and a half months since the Mets season ended. Uh, hard to believe it's been exactly one week. Um, <laughs> just kind of, you know, with all the playoff baseball, which was very exciting uh, this week, um, just have completely removed myself from the 2020 New York Mets. Um, but, uh, you know, happy to be back to, to talk with you. Oh, dude, it's always a pleasure to have you here. And, um, yeah, I, I guess being a Mets fan, part of that is is being able to turn the page kind of quickly because, you know, more often than not, um, things don't end all that great for us. So, you know, being able to uh, to just move forward is, you know, I guess the part of our MO as Mets fans. But, uh, yeah, you know, we heard a little bit about uh, the direction the Mets could be taking this year, uh, this offseason, um, reports this week of Steve Cohen kind of alluding to, I guess privately, of course, with sourcing, uh, that he wants to move towards uh, beefing up the analytics department before really focusing on the roster. The roster we'll get to in a second, but do you feel that's the um, that's the priority here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, that's a, a first step uh, towards establishing a, uh, I guess, a, a base within their they're new or, or however new they want to make their front office in terms of the personnel. Um, you know, we had heard, uh, you know, especially during the early days of the Brody Van Wagenen tenure that analytics were going to be a priority. Uh, they brought in Adam Gutridge, uh, who's supposed to be the, the numbers guy uh, or, or the guy with the model in the, in the front office. Um, and, you know, outside of the, the J.D. Davis acquisition, which uh, looked good for about a year and has kind of fizzled off. I know we're going to get into that later. But, um, you know, outside of, of Davis, there really hasn't been many, uh, you know, analytics darlings that have popped up uh, on the, the major league team. Uh, if anything, it, it's kind of hurt them in that they've traded away uh, a bunch of their prospects. So um, whatever, you know, whatever analytics headway they, they claimed they were going to make under, under Brady Van Wagenen didn't really seem to, to come to fruition during his tenure, which appears to be over. Um, but, you know, it, you could probably attribute a lot of that to the Wilpons and, and, and their uh, reluctance to invest heavily um, in that area. We heard that Sandy Alderson had, had wanted to, to beef up in that area during his tenure. Uh, wanted more full-time uh, analytics people in, in the front office, and, and that just never never happened. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you kind of have to change your perspective on on everything, really, when, when talking about this team uh, going forward because we just really don't know uh, who Cohen is going to bring in outside of Sandy Alderson, even though it doesn't really seem like Sandy's going to be, you know, the voice. Uh, he might just be... Uh, kind of the name overseeing everything uh, and, and having limited involvement. But we don't really know who the day-to-day baseball operations person is going to be, what they would do. Um, but, you know, Cohen, Cohen apparently wanting to invest heavily in analytics. And, you know, he's a, he's a business guy. He, he, he's, a, he's in the, the business of, of forecasting. And 
Uh, he knows how, how important it is to, to have the, the most cutting edge numbers and, and tools. So um, certainly the, the potential is exciting. Uh, we'll, we'll see kind of w- once the names of, of front office people start uh, coming in, uh, we'll, we'll see uh, just how much they actually start implementing those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree 100% that, um, you know, starting with the analytics department, kind of planting those seeds is, is probably the most prudent course of action. Do I think that that's going to be their sole priority, uh, their sole goal this offseason? No, of course not. There's just um, this core is too close to contention, at least in my opinion. Um, the the holes that need to be filled are, are fairly important ones that could, you know, arguably um, – put this team back on track with their, I guess, pre-2020 um, predictions or, or season forecasts, however you want to put it. Because this, this was a team that was supposed to contend when healthy and things didn't work out. And now they have their, their work cut out for them. Um, I think, of course, the logical first step is bringing in uh, a team of talent and value, uh, talent evaluators that um, know the direction they want to take things. And like you said, Cohen's a, uh, uh, he's an analytically based guy in, in his, in his, you know, nine to five job. So, uh, you have to assume he's going to be carrying that over into his new venture. And, um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, the guy who jumps out at me right off the bat is someone who is, you know, in, in the news quite a bit this week. And, uh, he's been a lightning rod of discussion on Mets Twitter is Trevor Bauer. Cause now without Noah Syndergaard really, um, insured to be himself, at all next season. I mean, he's targeted to come back at some point, but who knows what he's going to bring to the table. Just coming back from Tommy John, um, Marcus Stroman isn't here anymore. And that's another option. They have to probably mull over, uh, if Stroman's willing to come back, but you know, Trevor Bauer is a guy who clearly has adopted and, and embraced, um, the analytical side of things. He's, uh, you know, aside from his, we're going to say his shortcomings, um, you know, just do a quick Twitter search and, and you'll, I'm not going to get into all that, but, um, you know, it, it, there's mixed reactions on Bauer, but here's a guy who, who, like I said, embraced the analytical side of things. He certainly, um, found something, something's clicked for him because, you know, he's about to beat out Jacob deGrom for, for the national league Cy Young, um, albeit, you know, strange conditions, but still, um, a lot to be said for that. He had a fantastic stretch this season. Um, do you think, I mean, in my eyes, he's a fit for what the Mets need. Um, the talent is there, apparently. Like I guess at this point in time, I guess you could say. But the guy's like a, you know, he's got a career for ERA. Um, he's clearly made progress, and you know I'm all about progress. Do you feel that Trevor Bauer is the guy the Mets should be, you know, he's going to come with a hefty price tag. Is this the guy they should be throwing money at? Yeah, it's a good question, uh, and and one that um, will <laughs> be kind of at the forefront of everyone's minds once free agency gets gets underway. Um, you know, you brought up a couple good points. Number one, uh, this was his ninth season. Um, he's had two otherworldly seasons, and uh, the rest have been average to below average. Um, so his track record is, is questionable. Um, like you mentioned, he's made some improvements. Uh, it's worth asking whether those improvements were, uh, you know, morally uh, 
you know, right. I mean, there's questions over whether he was uh, using some uh, some additional substances to well, increase his, much, his spin rate. Yeah, no, he, he did. Yeah. He came out and said it. And, and you know, it is what it is. Right. I mean, there, there's there's a, a moral question. If MLB decides to crack down on it, does that just ruin his value? Um, I think that's worth asking. Um, what it comes down to is, is he's going to make a lot of money uh, this offseason. You know, his, his talent is one of the reasons, but just the fact that he is far, far and away the best starting pitcher on the market. I don't know if you... Uh, well, you did. You, you replied to it, but the tweet I sent out just uh, about an hour ago about the the starting pitching market and <laughs> Trevor Bauer had the most uh, f war this past season among uh, free agent starting pitchers, and uh, Rick Porcello was number two. So that is <laughs> that one. That's probably a credit to Rick Porcello for having a little better season than than people uh, thought. Um, but two, it's it's just an indictment on on the state of available starting pitching. So. Uh, someone is going to pay a lot of money for for Bauer, uh, whether that's on a multi-year deal, uh, probably more likely a one-year deal because he is weird and said he's never going to sign a multi-year deal. So, uh, you know, if he gets a <laughs> like a one-year forty million dollar deal, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, so, look, I, I don't know if the Mets the, the Mets need starting pitching. Uh, I would like to see them explore the trade market. Uh, and some of the more undervalued uh, free agents available rather than getting into a bidding war for, uh, like I said, a guy with with uh, a questionable track record. Um, not even uh, to mention the, uh, I guess, the extracurriculars, the the uh, the image that he he brings is, is um, you know, I, I would I would be a little hesitant there. Uh, but that's just a, a personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know. I have no problem with confidence on the field. I actually, that's what I like about Bauer. But um, at times, like, eh, and I, I don't know the guy. Just, again, coming off through through interviews or, or whatever, what have you. Um, you know, he toes the line between confidence and kind of being an asshole. Um, but again, you can't, you can't really argue with talent. And, and on the field, you kind of have to have that. I, I'm... I'm just better than you kind of mindset on the field. And, you know, I understand that. I get that. And, uh, you know, I never knocked anybody for being honest. And he, he tends to, um, to, to wear his emotions on his sleeve. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's a gamble. That's what it's going to come down to. It's a gamble. I'm with you though. I'm really on board with the, uh, with the trade market and that's past the pitching. Um, you know, I talked a little bit with Justin Toscano on the show last week. Justin, hey, what's up, buddy? Justin from the Bergen Record. Um, the center field market, you know, you'd like to see them add a true center fielder. Byron Buxton in Minnesota, um, you know, he hasn't been overwhelming. He looks to have turned a corner as far as his development. Um, I'd be very interested to see what Minnesota would want for a player like that. Because he wouldn't cost a ton. He would cost enough. He's in like, I guess he's going into arbitration too. Um, you know, and there's so many options out there. Like I wouldn't be against seeing what Chris Bryant's all about. I know we want to talk about J.D. Davis and, and bringing in someone to, to play third base is kind of uh, leaving him out in the cold. But and, and this is just a pipe dream most likely. But if Chris Bryant isn't happy in Chicago, which his comments to the media uh, towards the end of the season were uh, a little... Uh, confrontational 
to mm-hmm. at at best. Um, you know, that's a <laughs> he had a he, he had a shit year, but um, yeah, I was gonna say. A, his value's never been lower, so... It's exactly. Like, you know, they might be hesitant to move him, but if the Cubs are pry- crying crying poor like the Phillies are, miraculous, like, the, I don't even want to get into that. They, actually, we, we probably will get into that because Rio Muto's a, a number one target, but uh, all in due time. But, you know, the trade market is, is certainly going to be bubbling. Um, I think, however, the miners are going to be worked out. Um, going into next season, if the minors are going to be worked out going into next season, that's going to play heavily, whether you move um, prospects in trades or, uh, you know, I'm very curious to see how everything kind of pans out. But trade market, that's um, that's where kind of where my eyes are focusing because the Mets do have some assets and there's kind of too much talent on this roster to, uh, to move forward as is. And, um, you know, yeah, we're going to jump into JD because you have your core here. J.D. Davis is a very talented player. His metrics leading coming into this year were, were off the charts in, in a lot of aspects, a lot of very important aspects. Where, where what, what do you do with a guy like J.D.? I'm all for keeping him on the bench, but, you know, fighting to find him at bats might be, a, um, you know, a, f- a futile fight at times. Yeah, I mean, I think probably this time last year, uh, he was – on the on the untouchable list for for many Mets fans after what he did uh, in fairly limited playing time compared to to the starters uh, in 2019. Um, obviously, some of us expected re- regression uh, and were a little more realistic, and um, that's exactly what happened. So now his his outlook looks a lot different than it did uh, a year ago. I think. Um, you know, if you're exploring that trade market and, and a team inquires about him, then, you know, if, if it's if you're looking at a, you know, a Salvador Perez or a, even a, a Lindor in, in, a, in a trade and, and they want Davis in addition to other pieces, you know, you, you're not you're not going to stop, you know, from including him. You're, you're not going to prevent yourself from including him in, in, in such a deal. So um, if, if you don't move him, then, you know, he's a he's a solid bench option, which is fine. Um you know, I, I just don't really uh, see him, considering what his defense uh, has been uh, now for for two years. It's not it's not like it's been a, a small sample size. Um, you know, I, I just can't can't really get on board with him being a uh, an everyday player. Well, and that's I think that's the catch twenty two is that um, it appeared this season because last year with injuries and such he got to play almost every day and his production certainly uh it, it improved because of that at least in my opinion um you kind of saw him take off once he was playing regularly and then he kind of forced his bat into the lineup and that kind of didn't happen this year and i think that you know rojas and them are trying to get him going but um i think kind of being in there every day and having a little stability as far as his job security goes a long way in how he produces at the plate and of course that's just outside looking in speculation but um, it certainly, you know, you presume it has to affect him. And uh, it, that doesn't seem to be changing because, you know, we, we talked about a little bit last week. Um, Pete and Dom are likely going to be your first base DH combo. Um, you know, on days that Pete's not DHing, uh, you know, you'll be able to have a little bit of versatility with that spot. But, you know, 
if J.D. Davis isn't going to be a Dom Smith who can come off the bench and, you know, he could roll out of bed and get a double and hit a double. Like, you know, maybe J.D. Davis isn't that type of guy. Maybe he needs that constant kind of uh, action or at least opportunity. And it's, you know, it, you have to kind of find a spot for him. And I think with his track record in the majors, um, sure. And especially if the DH is going to say is going to stick around, someone's going to have a spot for him. Um I'd be curious to see who else the Mets are willing to put on the block. Um, you know, Steven Matz, there's, he, he, again, he's like a guy like we just talked about, Brian, whose value is never going to be lower, uh, whose value is at his lowest, I should say. But, uh, you know, you have, to, you have to wonder how they can spin this. Oh, you know, he's got you know, peripheral stats that, that show that there's room for progress, which in Matt's case, they do. They'll just, they'll have to kind of cherry pick in some cases, but um, yeah, I have a feeling we could be look going into 2021 with a, with a completely different roster to be analyzing. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know how, how much turnover there will be. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't think they're, they're, going to be actively looking to move the guys that they have that have value. Um, like you're not, you're not shopping McNeil. You're not shopping Dom. Uh, I wouldn't be shopping Brandon Nimmo. You know, I, I'd look for a center fielder, but I'd, I'd slide Nimmo over to that everyday left fielder spot. Um, you know, and then in terms of the, the pitching, I mean, they don't really have the, the wiggle room to be moving guys. Um, so I, I think they end up kind of, you know, if, if they do end up bringing in some bigger names in, in free agency, uh, the the incumbents kind of slide down to smaller smaller roles. Like maybe Matt goes into next season, you know, with a spot in the bullpen instead of them relying on him to be one of the the top five starters. So uh, it, it'll be interesting. And again, like I said before, it's like the mindset has to be completely different in terms of what they're going to pursue. And you know, I would expect them to be in on every free agent i would i wouldn't be expecting them to uh to to make heavy offers to to you know to springer and to rail muto and to bauer you know i, I don't see that happening um but uh, you know i i would expect them to be uh at least checking in with these guys uh to to bolster the roster and, and you know it, it's about it's about having depth and if if guys uh you know, if your depth is Brandon Nimmo and Dominic Smith, you know that's that's I'd say that's pretty good depth. So, um, yeah, I I don't to to come back to the question, I, I don't I don't really see them uh, trading from their their major league roster uh, as it's constructed right now. Well, you know, I think outside of that core, which of course includes your Confortos, your McNeils, your Alonzos, Smith, and the guys you were just mentioning. Um, there's a lot of peripheral guys that I think hold value. And um, as much as I'd hate to part with a Guillaume or a, or a Davis or, a, you know, I'm trying to come up with, with examples. But um, I, I think, you know, as toss-ins, not as centerpieces, of course, I think Davis could probably fit that, that centerpiece um, mold. But you'd have to throw in toss-ins. Uh, the Mets, of course, have a logjam at shortstop coming up well they have one now and it's about to get even wilder if Mauricio keeps on progressing um you know uh, we spoke a little bit last week about Rosario in center field and you know creating versatility and that, that was kind of a hallmark of the discussion last week but 
you know, it's it's how this roster was built. And if they want to continue on that course, I mean, that's fine. The schools are here to do that. But, you know, maybe maybe in some areas or some players may, like, like I was saying with Davis, they kind of need that stability. And, uh, you know, it's the modern game. Everyone pl- kind of everyone plays two positions and, you know, you make it work. But it's it's something that they certainly have to look into because right now there's just there's square holes for round pegs. There's too many pegs for not enough holes. Um, you know, where do you put Dom Smith? This is a guy who, who had a breakout year, but he's penciled into a part time role. Most likely next season, unless he's going to be your, unless they're going to chop up that first baseman in DH spot, you know, right down the middle, which I don't see happening because too many guys have to get opportunities. Um, you know, it's a good problem to have, but boy, without kind of streamlining stuff, it just makes me think they're going to run into the similar to similar issues that they ran into this year. Like nobody can really get hot because you have to. Oh, this guy's heating up, but we got to get this guy a shake. So. It's a it's a catch twenty two. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I mean, in terms of uh, you know Don Smith, I mean he he flashed the potential of like a a top top twenty hitter in in the National League or even in baseball uh, for for a good stretch of, of the season, and um, I, I don't think that's anything to uh, to uh, to scoff at really, and, and you have to at least pencil him into a starting role and, and the DH is going to uh, hopefully uh, allow him to do that. Um, you know, I, I would hope that going forward, they'll, they'll be able to move past the, uh, you know, got to get so-and-so going mindset that we've been accustomed to <laughs> for the last however many years um, with, with the changing, changing faces in the front office. And um, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not looking at what Tom Smith's, did last year and and looking forward to him being uh you know a, a three or four times a week starter um i mean he, he has to be in the lineup every day um i mean another guy ahmed rosario is is gonna have an interesting interesting future we you know you just brought him up before uh and you know i don't think you can go into 2020 with anyone other than andres Jimenez penciled into that that starting spot um and i i really have no idea what what they're going to do in terms of getting him reps in center field. Um, if he's going to go to play winter ball, um, would, wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, you know, but I, I think the, the prospect luster is kind of worn off. Um, you know, Dom and Dom and Rosario have kind of been, been in the majors for the same amount of time now, going back to when they debuted in, in late 2017. And, um, we're, we're past the point of like, oh, you know, this guy was a top prospect. We can, we can wait for, for, uh, for it to come. I mean, it, it's, it's uh, unlocked itself with, with Dom, it appears. And, and it just hasn't with Rosario. And um, you, you can't really evaluate him as uh, you know, the, the former top prospect. It, it's gotta be kind of what he's, what he's done in the majors. And um, you know, second half last year aside, it, it's just not been, uh, you know, starter uh, quality. So, um, yeah, just lots of, lots of interesting things that, that will hopefully shake themselves out, uh, as, as the off season goes along going into spring training next year. And, uh, we, we certainly have a long off season ahead of us to, uh, to talk about it all. 
We really do. It hit me the other day. I'm like, man, like we just got baseball back. We had it for about nine weeks. Now we got like five months till fucking spring training opens up. Like it, it was, it was such a tease. It was such a tease. The, the 16 uh, game season. And, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really enjoying the postseason. Um, spirited baseball, uh, competitive, just absolutely, uh, you know, ultra competitive baseball. And uh, of course, I'm enjoying the Padres. That's, um, that's an exciting team, man. Absolutely. I, I was saying it. I don't know if I said it on the pod or on Twitter. Like, there's certain teams that like they kind of need to be punched in the mouth to kind of wake up. And boy, they just all it takes is a spark with them, man. They they just um, very exciting. You got to hope if Clevenger and uh, and Lamette can come back for the divisional round uh, healthy. Um, that's a that's a scary scary team. And they're I mean the way they've kind of done it in, in assembling their team is really. Uh, just beautiful to to kind of look at. I mean, they've done it really in every every way possible. I mean, you, they have the the player development covered and in, in getting guys like Tatis and and Cronenworth, uh, you know, Lamette when when healthy, getting getting those kind of guys to the majors. They uh, they made trades for guys like Tommy Pham, Trent Grisham, uh, and then uh, you know doled out the the big contracts to to guys like Machado and. Uh, you know, Hosmer's had his ups and downs, but um, he's been he's been key for them. Um, and uh, oh, trades for for Clevenger, and didn't even mention that guys like Austin Nola. So yeah, they they've really uh, you know touched every every uh, corner of team building that you can, and uh, you know hats hats off to them for for doing it. And, and we'll see we'll see how far they can go. Um, and you know this. This matchup with the Dodgers should be, uh, I guess, pretty revealing about uh, kind of where they are and, and what they can do, I guess, years down the line. Oh, sure. That this is, um, if I may, this is a, a, akin to that 99 Mets team where they, yeah, they probably don't come out of this series alive. But, um, the, you know, there's a, there's a good chance that if they have a good showing in this round against the Dodgers win or lose. Um, they're coming out of it with a, with a lot of momentum and, uh, it's exciting. I got, you know, from my time writing about the Padres, um, I developed some friendships from some folks out there and, you know, my, my, my friends out there are, are ecstatic right now. And it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting for them. It's exciting for, uh, exciting for baseball. You got guys like Tatis and Machado who's living up to the contract and Hosmer who's, (laughs) you know, he might not be putting up, uh, you know, mega deal mega mega buck numbers but he's putting up uh bringing yeah, that, yeah, you know 127 way to run creative plus this year is nothing not nothing to uh to put down but yeah, yeah and like, i think like you said the, the contract should you'd be expecting a bit more but no you, you got to be happy with that yeah and it's um well and it's also front-loaded i think his last three years are uh, are much lower and you know i think I said it a bit with Toscano last week. I think they brought him in with the intention of bringing leadership and credibility to a young roster. And it's still a very young roster. But, um, you know, on that end of the table, which, of course, doesn't kind (laughs) of equal out to the money he got, um, he's gone above and beyond, I think. You think he's kind of shown the other, shown his teammates, you know, how to conduct themselves at this level. And there's a lot to be said for that. But, uh, and how about, oh, I'm sorry. How about, Trevor Rosenthal back there in the uh, huge back into the bullpen. He's been just ridiculous recently. Yeah, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter. Um, 
Uh, this guy, he's been outspokenly in love with the city of San Diego. Uh, he's just, and, and now it looks like they have, they're going to have Yates. I believe Yates is back next year. Yates and Rosenthal, if he sticks around, um, you know, at the back of that bullpen, that's, um, you know, again, that's a very, very solid step forward for, uh, for a team that's kind of had their ups and downs, especially in the bullpen. I mean, Stammen was a big pickup for them. And uh, he hasn't been the same this year. Looks like age might have caught up to him. I don't want to say that. He might have a, a great series or a great postseason on the way out of here. But, um, you know, they next man up mentality goes so far in in, in any walk of life. But, uh, boy, it looks like they got a, 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 a head full of steam going up against the Dodgers. And it's going to be exciting. But I have my eyes set on the Yankees and the Rays. I think that's going to be the best series that we're going to see this postseason. Yeah, I mean a lot of bad blood between those teams from the uh, from the regular season, and um, I mean the uh, <laughs> the, the Yankees, uh, you know, the guys that were struggling for them in the regular season seem to to perk up in, in the Indian series, and um, I mean I'm I'm interested to see how the the Yankees pitching uh, after Garrett Cole shakes out because uh, they only need one other starter in Tanaka, and he was uh, less than less than great, so. Um, you know, the Rays are, are such a juggernaut with, um, you know, a bunch of no-name guys on their team. They just get it done. So, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun to watch. And I, I'm really uh, glad that we have some, uh, some more exciting baseball uh, on, on the schedule for this week. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Tyler Glasnow, I really enjoy watching him pitch. Randy Arozarena has been terrific. <laughs> He's been on fire. Uh, I don't know how the Cardinals gave him up. I don't even remember what deal it was in, but he found his way and found himself in Tampa Bay, and he's just gone off. It's very cool to see. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Tampa Bay is a fun, fun team to watch. That's going to be a, a good series. Uh, I think the Braves are, are uh, I mean, everyone is going to think, yeah, the Braves and the Dodgers are going to end up in the NLCS, and we'll see next week, but. Uh, I, you can't help but respect what the Braves are doing. That's a strong team, man. Yeah, I mean they—they've always, uh, I mean they were, um, <laughs> they've just always been uh, the, the, a well-run team, a, a well-managed team. Um, they have guys that get it done. Freddie Freeman is probably the most underrated superstar in the game. I mean, you, you could probably probably make that case, and um, you know Max Fried has, has been. Uh, Nothing short of, of fantastic for them, and uh, I, I'm interested to see what kind of fight the Marlins put up, <laughs> just because they've just been able to get it done this this season, and uh, they they took care of the Cubs pretty pretty handedly. So um, you know, it's 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 funny that that all the all the playoff series and in, in the division series ended up being uh, divisional matchups, um, but uh, you know, maybe the familiarity will will breed some uh, some more evenly matched baseball. Oh, I think so. And I think that, you know, that uh, nothing to lose kind of playing with house money mindset is going to, you know, that's going to light a fire under Miami and good for them. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. And come on with pitching like that. I mean, you can't go wrong. Sixto, Pablo Lopez. And um, who's the big number three there? Alcantara. There you go. And he looked outstanding. And he was talking all sorts of shit going into his start. They're not ready for me. And he came out firing, man. Like that's, I love that. We saw it last year. I want to say, do you remember last, I think it was a series in May of 2019. Um, 
The Mets got swept in my. Oh, everybody remembers. The Mets got swept in Miami. Mickey Mickey Callaway was uh, under heavy scrutiny, and Alcantara, like I guess he maybe it was Sunday. He went up against Degrom and threw like seven innings of like two hit ball, and I'm pulling those numbers out of absolute thin air, but maybe I'm close. But he had a terrific start, and I, you know personally, I said, "Wow, this kid's got some stuff," and um, they, you know that progression is always fun to see. And he never expected it to happen this fast because Miami, um, you know, if anybody says they picked Miami going to the postseason, they're fucking lying. <laughs> yeah, and, and credit to them for uh, oh, for sure, yeah, navigating. Um, you know, they they could get swept by the Braves, and and it'll be a successful season for them. Um, I uh, I remember watching. Uh, it was I think the night before they returned from their their COVID hiatus. Uh, during the season mm-hmm. and uh i watched uh their gm michael hill had a, a you know press conference and i i watched the the replay of it and yeah i think he was sitting in his hotel room and just looked like the most you know he hadn't slept probably in 48 hours and was just you know distraught and just had no idea what what was going to come he, he announced like you know 18 roster moves that his team had to make you know before they they returned and i think they made what like 160 the entire season or something like that i mean so, you know, hats off to, to them for, uh, for navigating it. I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's questionable whether you agree with uh, the decisions that were made that, that led to the, <laughs> the, uh, the clubhouse outbreak in the first place. But, um, you know, they, they should be uh, commended. The, the players should be commended for, uh, for how they, they responded to the challenge uh, regardless. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I said this on, on social media. Um how Mattingly handled the situation and whether that was Mattingly, whether that was major league baseball, um, it, it wasn't, you know, it shouldn't have been in the player's hands and that's where it was left. Um, and that's, you know, that's one thing. And, you know, they'll have to, you know, I, you know, they have to live with that. They put other people in danger, whatever kind of the books, I guess, closed on that, I guess you could say, because, you know, the way Mattingly brought that team together and kind of galvanized the, uh, the <laughs> just, you know the underdog Marlins. Um, it, it's it's you can't help but but shake your head impressed. It's uh, it was really very very cool to see. Absolutely. Wow, I can't believe we stretched that out into uh, over a half hour because <laughs> I went through my topics in in we were done in like twenty minutes. So we we very nice work, my friend. Yeah, I, I, I'm expecting a lot more of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not not with this offseason coming up. I have a feeling we're going to have a decent amount of news. Oh, no, not Eckler. Oh, I'm watching the uh, Chargers Buccaneers, and I have Austin Eckler, who's a, a, he's been a vital part of my fantasy league, and he just went down with a, apparently a leg injury. Hey, man, I, I uh, am not playing fantasy football this year for the first time in – about six or seven years, and it makes my Sundays just absolutely stress-free, and it's beautiful. <laughs> it, it's been great. Uh, I, I haven't done Money League in a couple of years. Um, I'll do, like, really, really cheap, uh, like, like, daily fantasy stuff like that. I'll do, like, a $3 game or a $5 game. But, uh, yeah, yeah, my days of, of getting all wrapped up in that are long gone. Plus, I have a kid starting college in, like, 18 months, so. Oh fucking oh. shit! <laughs> yeah, there's no money left, my man. We, we there's no more fun and games. I'm selling all my baseball cards. It's all over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, man. All right, Jacob. Um, what do you got cooking over at Metsmerize this week? Anything good? Or are you focused on your studies? 
Uh, well, absolutely focus on the studies, but you know, with the uh, the off season coming up, plenty of uh, you know roster machinations and stuff. Hopefully, are, are coming soon. So you know, I'll be covering all that stuff. I have a, a interesting piece that uh, I, I think it's pretty interesting coming out this week, um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully Monday, so we can talk about it real quick because um, it'll be out by the time this this podcast is out. But um, Franklin Kilame. Uh, yeah is uh obviously made his debut this season i i don't think he pitched uh with like anything less than a a six run deficit or something this year uh so he was really thrust into a weird situation um normally uh if if everything being normal he would be out of options going into 2021 um because he was acquired from the phillies in 2018 uh already on, on the 40-man roster and, and in double-A on option. Uh, and then 2019, which he was hurt that whole year, but he was still optioned. And then 2020, he was his, his third and final option. Um, but uh, there's a, a interesting technicality where if a guy is out of options before he um, reaches five, uh, they call it credited seasons, which is uh, 90 days spent on an active roster. Um, if a guy's out of options before he reaches five, five of those seasons, he gets a, a fourth option. And uh, based on what I've been able to calculate, uh, Kilome should be eligible for fourth option in, in 2021, which is an, a huge boost to uh, to him and to the team, uh, which would allow them to to keep him in the minor leagues and, and bring him up when they need him. But uh, they wouldn't uh, be forced to keep him in the major leagues uh, or risk losing him on waivers. And, you know, he, he's uh, he's been a pretty interesting prospect and, and highly regarded, you know, fairly highly regarded over the last few years. So he would he would certainly be scooped up on waivers. I mean, if Jordan Humphreys was, was scooped up uh, or was, <laughs> you know, uh, sought after in a trade after being designated for assignment, Kilomay certainly would be as well. So, um, you know, they'll be able to push that, that decision down to, to – 2022 and he'll have an extra year to kind of uh you know prove himself to to the team uh without without being put in a in a situation that that you know no one wants him to be in yeah and i think you know between him and a guy like you know even miguel castro who showed outstanding stuff with a little bit of command issues this year um you know those are long-term pieces that can kind of fill out the back end of your bullpen and and bring you know, middle to high end reliever stuff to the table. And, uh, that's exciting. And, you know, we'll see, um, I guess we'll see where they go, but I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, to reading more about Kilme and, uh, everything else that Metsmerize puts out. Cause you know, you guys are terrific over there. It's a lot of fun, you know, getting the fan aspect of things, getting the fan point of view. I really dig it. Yeah. We miss you, man. <laughs> yeah. I miss the site too. I've been, I've been putting, you know, putting in a little bit of work, um, at the, the simply simply amazing blog on medium but uh not as much as i should i should point out me and mitch botanic who of course used to write for mesmerized he runs a uh, monster hits club which is uh card breaking and and uh things of that nature we're starting a, a look into the miners um but more along the lines from a a baseball card point of view because a lot of the you know a lot of these prospect cards for the average collector they don't really know who they're looking at. They're going on buzz. Um, me and Mitch are going to try and give everybody a, a, 
a better look into who they're collecting. So BowmanBaseballTalk.com, that's going to be coming out. Well, the, the website's up, but we're going to start pumping out some content soon. Um, yeah, so that's uh, I got that on the horizon and, you know, itching to write some more. So I think you'll see some stuff coming out this week. Yeah, nice. Looking uh, looking forward to it. Obviously, yeah. uh, you know, the minors are a particularly interesting subject for me. So I'll be uh, I'll keeping my uh, eye out for that. Fantastic. I mean, you know I'm going to hit you up for some uh, for some tips as well because hey, I, I have a like a whole box of shirt and apostle cards because you gave me a tip on them. So <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta hold up to your uh, to your reputation here. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Thank you so much for coming on, everybody. You know where to find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you next week. Let's go!